Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome to Just Break Up, the podcast about love, heartbreak, and all the relationship advice you don't want to hear. My name is Sierra DeMolder. And I'm Sam Blackwell. This week, we're going to tackle topics like exes of Christmas past, <laughs> affirming our sexuality, doing the right thing, and grappling with our shame. But before we get into it, we just want to give you our Surgeon General's warning, which is that we don't know what we're talking about. We don't know what we're talking about. We are not professionals. We have not been trained in this. No. We've failed many a relationship. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. At what point do you become a professional dater? Ooh, maybe like George Clooney. Oh, yeah. Or who's another like, you know, serial dater in Hollywood? Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh, Leo. I should have said Leo. He totally deserved it, but I snubbed him just like those Oscars. (laughs) Am I right? (laughs) Anyway, this is all to say that we don't know what we're talking about. Please take our advice as you see fit. We're just here to offer our humble musings and hopefully some laughs on the very confusing but hopefully rewarding thing that is love. (laughs) Someday she'll actually say what we wrote. (laughs) going off script for i don't know 17 out of the 20 episodes uh-huh yep um I would say, and i'm yeah. supposed to say the um very rewarding rewarding but mostly confusing thing that is That's love it. yep but which is what? clever you know but what every, everything you do is this clever, is a so. metaphor sam you just gotta go with the flow yeah you know i don't like to do that <laughs> Anyway, welcome to episode 20. Episode 20. I was going to say double digits and then I realized. (laughs) That's not it. (laughs) No, it is, but it's just been that. (laughs) I feel like that could be some relationship advice to some people. Like, you're like, oh, no, it's not that. And we're like, no, it is. And it's been that for a long time. You know? That's good. Yeah, That's good. Welcome back. We're actually like in the same room. Yeah, last episode we did a virtual FaceTime, sexy time. You know, episode. It was, it was not sexy. I disassociate. I was very hungover. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. I was in the third floor of a old Victorian brownstone, brownstone in Ooh. Philadelphia. Um, yeah, nice. everybody heard this story already because yeah, I saw Hamilton. <laughs> Stop it. Sam won't make eye contact with me while I talk about Sam- Hamilton. I was like, no, look at me while I recount just, every detail to you. She just keeps telling me about it, and I just keep looking at my paper and like, yeah, writing yeah, he's things like, mm, down. Mm, I'm sure it happened. But I'm, later tonight, I'm going to do a live reenactment of the entire show. Oh, great. All four hours. And spoiler alert, the show is only three, so you're going to get an extra hour of commentary. <laughs> like a director's wait. cut. Oh, my God. I'm so excited yeah, for anyway, that. Anyway, I'm not going to throw away my shot, but... <laughs> Anyway, episode 20. What's our check-in, Sam? So our check-in comes from a reader, actually. Ooh. A reader. They don't read. I know. I say the I same I mean, they thing. read. I'm sure they read. But <laughs> <laughs> What did we 
fucking take on the way over here. I feel like we're talking a thousand miles a minute. This is what's happened. This is what happens when you separate Gemini's for thirty days or I more. Think that's what it they is. They go insane. <laughs> is that we're like, we just need our connection. We came back. to the studio today, and Big Cats opened the door for us, and I was in the middle of a story, <laughs> and I was like to Sam, I was like, hey, Spencer. You're like, just one final point, one yeah, final one point, final and then we'll stop. <laughs> uh, anyway, okay, check in. Let's take a deep, like, Oprah cleansing breath. Okay. <sighs> okay. Okay, I feel so much better. Yeah. Um, this is from the friend with benefits, um, who basically asked a question about what if it's a good idea to be friends with benefits. And so we thought it'd be good to talk about friends our experience. With benefits, particularly with an ex. Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah. So let's first talk about friends with benefits. Have you ever been a friend with general benefits like healthcare, (laughs) dental, (laughs) sexual? Oh, I wish. Yes. I wish someone would have given me a 401k. I know. Right. Um, You know, it's so funny being a self-employed poet. I'm always like, yeah, I don't have a 401k. And then I hope to God I'm saying the right letters and numbers, you know, like (laughs) I just because I just don't have one of those ever that's that's legit and i'm always like yeah i too want a 48 one okay <laughs> you know anybody else out uh, there like that <laughs> i get it okay anyway it. have you been friends with benefits with someone i have not been friends with benefits with someone who is not an ex oh okay ask me <laughs> have you ever been friends with benefits with someone yes who was not an ex how would you rate your experience on a scale of 0 to 10, 10 being the best, 0 being the worst? Okay, here's the thing, and I think that this is something that happens with a lot of friends with benefits situation, is that it started at like an 8 and was Ooh, like yeah. awesome, and, <laughs> and then, then by the a... end it was definitely a 1. <laughs> and then did a no dive. Um, yeah, totally. Uh, yeah, I'm going to agree. I'm going to say started as like a frisky, fun 8 Nine, ten, yeah, you know, like oh, like, this is so fun and so chill, right? Like, and there's like, there's no strings attached, and like, it also feels like a little bit like naughty, naughty, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. But you know, I'm just like the worst, and I always catch feelings, mm. um, and not just catch feelings, but I will, <laughs> even if I care nothing about the person, I will always find a way to feel rejected. <laughs> It's like, like you seek like, out rejection. Yeah, totally. I'll be like, literally, I could not be less attracted to you, but you told me you couldn't meet for coffee, so I'm going to go cry in the shower. <laughs> Just kidding. That seems right. That seems I'm going right. to cry in the shower and imagine our wedding together. <laughs> yeah, that seems like a really healthy place to be. Yeah. How do you feel about... Let, let, we'll, we'll, let's do a return to our personal experiences after we talk about our general feelings like how do you feel about friendships with benefits i feel like it's fine i mean i think you know as long as both parties are consenting and yeah. like are going in knowing everything that they need to know about their decision yeah. then it's i think it's fine i don't think that i've seen it work out well yeah i wonder i can't think of any can you no i was going to say like uh dawson's creek but that fell out too <laughs> Way throwback. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I don't think... uh, Yeah, I'll agree. I think that if that works for your life and your lifestyle and your friendships, and if communication is open and it feels good, and it feels good beyond just the affirmation of fucking, it feels good like, yeah, this is fulfilling my life. This is where I want this friendship to go. Um, 
Yeah, I, I had an ex of mine who like really loved the intimacy of like those relationships. But I also thought he was a sociopath who like sucked the souls out of women who were emotionally vulnerable to him. But maybe that's me just speaking from my own experience. Wow. People who are love friends with benefits relationships are going to be very offended by this episode. No, I just Hey, we're not experts. Um, I think it can work. But so you travel all the time. like. Oh, great question. So do you have... I'm not going to say what I was going to say. No, do you no, have, no. Say do that have, thing. Say do you it. have booze in different No, what is the other metropolises? thing? What's the phrase? <laughs> what is the other phrase? Hose in other area codes. <laughs> Thank you, Sam. Thank you for, fill, for filling every fantasy I've ever had for this podcast. Um, I'm going to say no, but with an upswing at the end. Okay. Because, uh, so I travel a lot for my job. Um, I meet a lot of people and people get to know me really easily through poetry, you know, right. like there's a vulnerability there. Um, I generally don't like to like just to put it all out there. I don't like to sleep around on the road. Yep. Um, f- mostly for safety and comfort reasons, um, because uh, I'm really tired at the end of the day and I don't want to do- I don't want to deal with socializing. Yeah. Um, and I need the alone time to recoup or something like that. Yep. Um. But I, there are people that like, um, maybe we have had like a romantic tr- tryst yep. with, is that the right word? Mm-hmm. Tryst. A tryst, yeah. Hmm, what a great word. Um, <clears throat> it was like the 401k thing where I just like threw that word out into the universe hoping that I said the right syllables. Oh, it was good. It was, was great. Like, a tryst. Um, so there's people that I've had like emotional sexual trysts with yeah. but they're people that I think I developed some sort of like I don't know emotional something yeah. with yeah that's a roundabout question yeah no because I also feel like or answer I mean I also ha- I have had those people that have like lived in different places but maybe the difference is a relationship like a friends yeah. with benefit relationship where it's an ongoing thing and yep. I have had that and Again, no disrespect to people who do this and have it go well, but mine did not go well um, because I think I, I wanted, I ended up wanting it to be something that it wasn't, mm-hmm. and we then we we started in a weird way, and then I realized I didn't like that person that much to begin with. I don't know. It was all, <laughs> and yet you felt rejected by them I'm sure. constantly. <laughs> Still do. <laughs> anyway, uh-huh. uh, I want to talk specifically about the submitters question was was about um if it's smart to get into a friends with benefits situation with an ex yep and damn (laughs) um i think that this is probably like more common than people think or that they talk about like i think it's super common too to like have sex with an ex like it's a way to like grieve them for sure that weird thing to say it is but everybody's gonna know what i'm talking about (laughs) (laughs) okay do you know what I mean? Like when you break up and you have sex afterwards, yeah, it's yeah. like a, it's sad, but like affirming. Ooh, I don't know. I'm going to stop. Mine was mostly just like sad, sad and naughty. Ooh, that's totally my, my Tinder bio. My, favorite thing, my right? Tinder bio is sad and naughty. <laughs> oh, please. Yes. Um, I'm not on Tinder just so everybody knows. Don't try to find her, y'all. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, no, it just was like, you know, had sex with the ex. And it was great in the yeah. beginning because it was like, woo, this feels like naughty. And like, 
we still are like really sexually attracted to each other. But then it just got to be like, oh, but now it's just like a, a sadder relationship. <laughs> yeah, I think that's true because maybe then it's like more apparent where the feelings once were or yeah. like where the chemistry is now but was missing before. I don't know. Yeah. I think people do have friends with benefit situations with their exes that can be good and healthy. But oftentimes it just it's a friends with benefits relationship or contract, let's say, is already really nuanced. Yeah. You have to you have to be really secure in yourself, your sexuality, your friendship and mm-hmm. your needs. Yep. From the bat. Um, is that the phrase? <laughs> right out the it's... gates. From the bat. <laughs> From, from, oh my out God. the gate, maybe? Yeah, I think so. I think so. <laughs> anyway. From the bat. <laughs> from the bat. Let's coin it. Put it on a t-shirt. Oh, great. I can't wait to. Um, But I also think, so having it be your ex, it's like 50 times. That is literally shades, 50 shades of gray. Yeah. <laughs> the better version of it. But just no, as kinky. the sadder version the of sadder, it. sadder, <laughs> just as kinky version of 50 shades of gray. Yes. Okay. All right, so let's one word synopsis. How do you feel? How, what do you think people should do when entering a friends with benefit engagement? Nah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm going to second that and just say um, don't settle. Yeah. If you want a relationship, don't settle for a friends with benefit thing. Yes. Nine times out of 10, it's not going to mature into a relationship. Yep. However, if you want to get your freak on with your friend and your friend's like, do you want to get your freak on? And you're both like, yeah, then open communication, be confident in what you want, be confident in what you can have and recognize what you already have in your friendship, right? That mm, it could be potentially altered after having sex. True. But if you're all good with that, like, go ahead, get down with your freak self. I'm I'm on board with it. Not that you're a freak. Absolutely. Like, more like the <laughs> metaphorical freak. Yes, like the freak flag. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> if you are currently in a friends with benefits relationship and, and we it's just going offended re- the fuck out of you <laughs> and it's going really well, please feel free to let us know. Oh, yeah, totally. And maybe let us know like things that are helping you about it. Because yeah. and also the one thing we didn't talk about, too, is like people who. Um, have open relationships. Yep. But again, we're talking specifically about people who have ongoing relationships with one friend. Yep. Sexual relationship. Yeah. Yep. And who would not describe themselves as poly, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Are or in open. A, right. Exactly. Yeah. All right. I feel like we went on a very long tangent <laughs> to get us warmed up to answer some awesome questions. Yeah. We're very excited about these letters. I think they are great. Okay. First letter is from. Sea of worries. <laughs> well C, done. like the letter. <laughs> Super cute. I'm going to call it UC. Um, sea of worries is writing to us from New York, New York, where I saw Hamilton in the front row, Sam, just so you know. <laughs> hey, guys. I love your pod so much. I was just dumped after being in a four-month relationship. I am 29 years old. And even though I've dated lots of guys for two to three months, this was the first time I've been with someone where we decided to adopt the titles boyfriend and girlfriend. His previous relationship was six years long, and he brought her up almost constantly. They still share a best friend and are part of the same social circles. He also sees her about once a month at parties or events. We ended up dissolving our relationship after after I asked him to stop using, quote, we and us out of context when referring to her. For example, he wore these shorts to the beach one time with me and got a surprise boner. (laughs) 
episode title for sure. He then said, the last time this happened, quote, we were walking on the beach, meaning him and his ex. I blocked and unblocked so as to not see him and her. I was willing to work through his stuff, but he wanted to end things. Even though I feel like I'm pretty badass in a lot of areas of my life, I have great friends, a master's degree, a great job, published papers. I've been in this spiral wondering what is wrong with me that I've never had a six-year relationship at my age like him. Hmm. Did I miss out on something? What is wrong with me that I could never find that universal love that is so powerful? I felt like I could never compete with her. And now I feel like I can never compete with my past self who didn't fall in love at an appropriate time. Hmm. Am I too emotionally stunted to find real love with a grown as a grown woman now? All right. See, I think this is a fantastic letter. Absolutely. A great inquiry. And thank you for letting me say surprise boner <laughs> on my podcast. <laughs> uh, what right. if the letter was just really awful and we just picked it because you wanted to say surprise boner? Totally. Absolutely. I would have said surprise boner like 30 times. Um, okay. So let's start by saying love has no appropriate time. Yes. Um, I feel like. Uh, as we get into our 30s, um, particularly for women who have grown up hearing the biological clock bullshit, mm-hmm. we think that 20s is the time to fall in love, 30s is the time to mature that love. Mm-hmm. And that's just not true. Because yeah. if there was an appropriate time for love, then, honey, I would have missed that boat too, mm-hmm. right? Like, I I just don't think that we need to put an expiration date or a timeline on finding love. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just want to get that out of the way at the bat, as they say. <laughs> no one has ever said that. <laughs> okay. Well, I just did twice. So anyway. Um, I would also just say that in terms of emotional maturity, too, I think um, sometimes we get too bog- bogged down in defining emotional maturity in terms of a romantic relationship with one person. Um, and so I don't think that you have missed the boat in any way. I mean, I think that you are probably learning emotional maturity through your relationship with yourself and through your relationship with your friends and through your coworkers. And, right. um, and so I don't think that there's a, I don't think that you need to say that you have somehow missed out on something just because you haven't had a long-term right. relationship. And I know plenty of people who are in long-term relationships who are not emotionally mature. <laughs> Cheers to that, my friend. <laughs> Cheers to that. So it's not like it's like the magical like thing that everyone has to go through in order to like exit the other side as an emotionally mature person. Right. It's it's not that at all. Right. And then in terms of your most recent relationship and your ex and his ex, um, I think that it's important to um, work on internalizing the following It's difficult, but the truth is no one you ever date is going to be a clean slate. Mm -hmm. No one you ever date is going to come from no one else. Yep. Unless you meet somebody who is in a bunker for the first 30 years of their lives Mm -hmm. and don't know what Netflix is. Um, (laughs) Oh, my God. Deal breaker. Sad state of existence. (laughs) Um, And I mean that statement with a lot of love and tenderness to you because I've struggled so much with comparison. Mm-hmm. When I start dating someone, the first thing I do, unfortunately, and like I'm almost embarrassed to admit this, I kind of temporarily obsess over their most recent 
relationship mm-hmm. because one, I want to make sure it's over because been burned by that. <laughs> <clears throat> Two, I want to know who they were in love and in mm. relationships, like what it manifests, how it manifests for them, yep. you know, and maybe what they've done with them and what they haven't. I have been with two people who did not tell me they were divorced until months into our relationship. Oh. Which, okay, I get it. There's a lot of shame around that. Mm-hmm. But I felt like they were trying to keep something from me that I really wouldn't care about unless yeah. you withheld it from me, you know? Um, yeah, so I kind of, like, do this thing where I temporarily, obsessively <laughs> compare myself to their most recent ex. So, you know, I'll meet you... <laughs> I'll see you that. <laughs> so what you're saying is you get it. You yeah, feel yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I'll see that and raise a little bit of an obsession. <laughs> um, but how? what I have had to learn, and I think what Sam has brought to the table, is that nobody is going to come to you without a history. Yep. And so you have a choice of accepting that history or fighting with the reality of that history forever. For sure. Because and you can't change it. Absolutely. And I think that that can be a hard thing to learn, too. I think oh, that, so like— hard. Um, like I remember like thinking about former boyfriends and being like, oh my God, they talked about that person so much. Like, are they still in love with them? And I think, um, I'm now at a point where I'm like, yeah, people, people who have exited relationships with people still have feelings for those people. Mm. Right. And so the fact that, um, like Peter broke up with his previous boyfriend before he started dating me doesn't mean that like that boyfriend is gone out of Peter's heart. Like there's right. still a space for him there. And especially if that like relationship is a long time, yeah, it's six hard years to like is a long time. And, and the way that he was talking about it, like the fact that he would say we and us on like without context to me feels like he's trying not to like talk about her specifically mm. and is trying not to like, is trying to distance himself maybe by not saying her name wow. or being like, when when Katie and I did this totally. and instead just saying like when we did this without that like... is so that is such a good observation because I was just thinking the really the one thing I would critique the boyfriend on mm-hmm. is like it's a little bit weird to talk about a boner that you got with an ex <laughs> you know what I mean it's like maybe don't do that <laughs> yeah that one was like maybe a, a, you know what a I mean? little like maybe yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but okay I get it conversations you know things are said conversations are flowing boners are flowing blood is you know um and maybe it just came out accidentally but i totally have done what you just described which Mm -hmm. is kind of tiptoeing around something because i wanted to bring it up but i didn't want to necessarily sound like yeah oh my god this and this this person and this you know yep that's interesting that's such a good observation and so it makes me think that he was also navigating his own space of like, yeah, I want to talk about this, but I don't want to talk about this. And like, um, and, and six so, years is a huge part of your it life. Is, like absolutely. it's, it's a master's degree and undergrad, <laughs> you know? True. That's and, very true. And I'm not, um, I don't say that to make you feel bad. See, it's just that like, that is a part that is a formative part of him. Yep. Um, and so maybe that's why he had a hard time disconnecting from it. Absolutely. And so I think what we're, what we're trying to get at is just this understanding that people that people come into relationships with their pasts with them. They totally do. And that it's it's not always fair for us to ask them to not bring that past with them. Right. There are 
certainly times where you're like, wait a minute, like, are you still hung up on your ex? Like you talk about him or her a lot or whatever it is. But, um, but for the most part, like people creating space for people to be able to talk about their whole past and their whole, uh, heart is really important in relationships. Mm. Yeah. I was just imagining myself in your position. And I think I, I too would feel really insecure mm-hmm. because not in a comparison way or like uh, in a hurtful way towards the boyfriend, but mostly because I would be excited about this new thing and I would f- feel like it could be potentially threatened or I could be mm-hmm. hurt. Yeah. So like insecurity is so often a defense mechanism. Yep. It's a way to protect yourself from being crushed, you yep. know? And I I think maybe while imagining myself in your position, C, I wonder what I would have done. I I, I can't say that I, I can guarantee I would be this graceful, but I would hope that I could say, hey, honey, this person makes me feel really insecure. Is there a way that you can help bridge this gap? Like, can you go, can you be the bigger woman the bigger person, can you go to these parties and hang out with them? Like, can Mm -hmm. you introduce yourself to her? Can you humanize her? Can you, Mm -hmm. they share a best friend. So it's just, it's, trust me, see, it's not that we don't understand where these emotions and this pain and this sense of almost like betrayal is coming from. We totally do. But looking at this relationship, it's like, other than telling him to cut out this person from his life, it's, it's either cut this girl out or a more holistic, well-rounded um, approach, which is understanding yep. that he that this girl's a, an important part of his life. Yep. And I think that sort of gets to your your broader question, which is about sort of this relationship is over, but how do you move forward right. in this new space dating new people? And I think one of the things that has been helpful for me is to approach each relationship like a learning opportunity. So what can you come in like you you're not going to know everything you need to know going into a relationship. So how do you create space for you to learn and adapt and get a feel for the other person and get a feel for how their experience might be different than yours and why things might show up differently for them? Yeah. Um because that is how you actually sort of come together and right. learn to make space and for each other. And that will help you to be able to draw the line because Yep. See like sweetheart if this was if this crossed the line for you, then I say, great, then you did the right thing by yep. drawing that line. Um, we're just giving you our insight on how we respond to the little that we know about this relationship. But like, you know, I, I definitely know that listeners out there, some of them are thinking, well, when lines are crossed with exes, that's a no, no. That's a deal breaker for me. And mm-hmm. I support that. I feel like if, if you know what your if you know what your inner scale is, then then I want to do nothing but encourage that. Absolutely. Yeah. So we love you. And I think the last thing we want to echo is just the idea that you're doing everything right right now. Right now you are being your badass self Mm -hmm. and you are making yourself emotionally vulnerable and open to good, true love. And it sounds like he might not be it. If you weren't vibing after three months, if you were, if you, if you didn't feel respected or his, his, if you didn't feel like he could make choices to be with you in that moment, yep. then you, then you got out at the right time. Oh, absolutely. And I will say just one more thing, of course, uh, <laughs> is that emotional vulnerability is super important, but emotional vulnerability is also about trust too. Mm. And so it's hard to be emotionally vulnerable if you don't trust what the other person is yeah. saying and doing. Yeah. 
Um, and I'm not saying that you weren't doing that, but it does sound like um, just from reading your letter that trust might be something that you might struggle with. Totally. Um, and here, that here. is okay because I think we, many of us also yeah, struggle with that. Totally. Um, but being emotionally vulnerable is not just about expressing all of the emotions that you feel. It's also about trusting the other person and listening, receiving the emotions as well um, and not just putting them out there. So yeah. um Hopefully that's something that you can take with you. Yeah. Um, and sweetheart, comparison is an act of violence against yourself. I didn't say that. Someone else did, but I don't know who they are. <laughs> you will get nowhere in your heart, in your relationships, if you compare yourself to the people who were there before you. Absolutely. There's no future there. There's only the past. Yep. And you don't want to live there. Absolutely. We love you, C. We hope this helps. Yeah. Thank you. Y'all, as a self-employed person, as a mom of a toddler, I am always struggling with finding time to manage my finances. At the end of a busy week, the last thing I want to do is spend time budgeting all of my expenses or tracking down customer service teams to cancel old subscriptions I no longer use. But now I use Rocket Money and it does all of that for me. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills so that you can grow your savings. With Rocket Money, you have full control over your subscriptions and a clear view of your expenses. You can see all your subscriptions in one place. And if you see something you don't want, Rocket Money can help cancel it with a few taps. I love how the dashboard shows me this month's spending compared to last month so I can clearly see my spending habits and check myself if needed. Plus, they'll help me create a custom budget and keep my spending on track. Rocket Money will even help try to negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is submit a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. They'll deal with customer service for you, which I obviously love as a somewhat introverted, conflict-avoidant person. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Rocket Money has over 5 million subscribers and has saved a total of $500 million in canceled subscriptions, saving members up to $740 a year when using all of the app's features. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash just break up. That's rocketmoney.com slash just break up. Rocketmoney.com slash just break up. The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets, sweaters, and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, and luckily I found Quince. Now I've got a lineup of timeless pieces that keep me looking effortlessly chic year after year. Quince has things like premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. And the best part is that all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. This past month, I treated myself to a pair of new slippers because I'm in that hashtag mom life era of my life um, in which... (laughs) Um, I am never not in slippers, and these are 100% Australian shearling-lined clog slippers, and I love that they're slip-on, but they have those durable rubber outsoles. They're super cushy, super comfortable, but I feel like I can run outside to, like, take the trash out in them while also, like, staying warm and active 
in the house. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash just break up for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash just break up to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash just break up. Our next letter comes from Anonymous, who is writing from the Midwest. Wood, wood. Right? <laughs> uh, Anonymous writes, Hey, friends, I am a 20-year-old, and I have also never been in a serious relationship. Really, I only just had my first kiss over the summer. Mostly, I'm okay with this. I know I can take my own time and not be defined by it. But one thing that nags me is my worry that as soon as I do not, or as soon as I do find someone, they will leave me as soon as they found out I am putting off having sex. My decision to not have sex comes partly from the religious beliefs I was raised with, but also I know it would negatively affect my already fragile mental health and disrupt the hard work I'm putting in there. But hookup college, but hookup culture in college is so real. I feel resolute about my choice at this point in my life, but I know it comes across to some of my peers as prudish or super conservative, which I'm not, or that I have been brainwashed by my religion into thinking people who have sex before marriage are going to hell. Lol, absolutely not. (laughs) It's hard to be in a college culture, which is so sex positive, but not feel that people would see me differently if they found out that I, at this point in my life, am waiting for marriage to have sex. I have had friends discount my feelings about someone, especially in a situationship I was in where we never even kissed because it wasn't physical. I just felt like screaming. It felt real. I had big, big feelings. It did matter to me. I really cared for him. And to have someone tell you it doesn't count because it was not physical, Mm. that fucking sucks. I guess I am looking for reassurance that my choice to not have sex is just as valid as other people's choice to do so. Also, how can I put myself out there without fearing rejection for a choice that I am sure about right now? Hmm. Thanks, Anonymous, for writing that letter. Yeah, I love this letter. Um, and I'm going to say two things right off the bat. Off the bat. That's what it <laughs> off is. Off the bat. That's it. Off the bat. <laughs> Jesus. Louises. <laughs> okay, so uh, two things. Off the bat. Correctly mm-hmm. using that phrase. Yep, out the gate. Out the gate. <laughs> Wiggity-waggity. I just don't know what's going on with language today. It's great. Um, uh, One, you came to the right place because all we're going to do is affirm that you are making the absolutely right choice over your sexual identity and choices over your body. And we're going to affirm the crap out of you in two seconds. Absolutely. But first, I'm going to make a rant about liberals. (laughs) My people. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Listen, liberals, I love you. I come from you. I am you. But so often I see people like tout their liberalism in a way that is not as inclusive as they pretend to be. Mm -hmm. Right. I thought of this when you said sex positive campuses. You know, I love being sex positive, but my sex positivity includes everyone's sexual identity and choices. Right. And I just see that in liberalism a lot. Do you know do you know what I'm referring to? Mm -hmm. Like when. It's like people automatically liberals often pigeonhole just as much as conservatives do. Mm -hmm. Um, And I so this is my appeal to myself um, and others to remember to, like, keep your heart open. that You have no idea what people are going through or have been through to get to this moment and that everyone has multiple whole identities within them. And um, yeah. And rant. 
Yeah, no, I mean, I think <laughs> I am similarly frustrated with your friends, Anonymous, because I just think, like, if they are open to other people's decisions about their the way that they exercise their sexuality, then they have to be open to multiple. <laughs> like, right. they can't just be like, oh, it's only okay if you are... Um, expressing it in this way, you right. can only. But like, if you if you decide that you don't want to have sex until marriage, like that's somehow not a valid thing to do. Right. It's just like no. The point of all of this work that we're doing is to create a space where people can be their most authentic selves right. and show up in a way where they are loved and valid and valued because of that. And so the idea that we're telling someone that the the way that they express their sexuality is not valid is just like defeating the whole purpose. <laughs> right. And it's I also I hate the idea that um that the future is only this way, right? Mm -hmm. That the future even though I see this I the sex positive movement I see as progress, mm -hmm. but the idea that um I'll, not even promiscuity, right? But like breaking down the the tradition of saving your, yourself before for marriage, like breaking that down. It's having sex before marriage is not the only option. Then, like it's it's the idea of openness, like true openness to yep. everyone's whatever. I just get frustrated, right? Um, and I have to call myself out on it too, you know. And Same. and that's the truth, like. Anonymous, I, I think I see myself, I, a younger version of myself in your friends, mm, where I was mm -hmm. like, oh, my God, everything's got to be fucking super slutty <laughs> and pansexual. <laughs> and like, if you're not doing that, then you're oppressing yourself. Yes. Right. Yep, absolutely. That's, and I and I just need to call myself out on hard, uh, hard on myself. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> I need to call myself. Out, out hard. hard on that. Sure. There's I get what you're saying. I know. What I yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> that is what she said. Something, something, something. Insert dumb jokes. Anyway, um, I just think that I needed to open my heart to see that um, so many different identities are valid and yep. life approaches are valid. And to be honest, I wish I had probably half like the less sex that i had that doesn't make sense half i wish i had half less sex <laughs> i'm gonna just half as much less sex as i please cut all this spencer <laughs> nope this is staying in <laughs> okay um totally agree and i will say that like i don't know that hookup culture in college is the most healthy thing <laughs> uh, it's not because okay it's not because I don't think necessarily college is where you should go to socialize. Well, maybe hmm. it is. <laughs> what? Well, I just meant like I went to that. That sounds really weird. <laughs> I think everybody should go to college to uh, meet people, to broaden their horizon. If that's a choice that they choose to make, yada, yada. But I finished my undergrad when I was 27. And I remember being there like, OK, I'm not here to make friends. I'm mm -hmm. here to get a 4.0 and to get my paper so that I can make some money. Yep. Um. And I became like a more well-rounded person and made some friends along the way. But um, I think we kind of forget that sometimes. Mm -hmm. Is that weird? Did I say something offensive there? <laughs> no, I think that I think that makes sense. But I also think like college is an opportunity to like totally make friends that'll yeah, last a lifetime or not. Yeah, and to stop being not. like an ignorant little <laughs> yeah. like small-minded. <laughs> um, 
But yeah, I mean, I don't think that there's anything inherently healthier about waiting for marriage or inherently healthier about just like hooking up with people. Like right. what it, what are you oh, emotionally comment. ready to do and emotionally feeling and like feels authentic to you? Like that is what's important. So if that is hooking up with people every weekend, great. If it's not doing that until you are really committed to someone, that's also fine. Right. But just make sure that the decisions you're making are are healthy and are are constructing a more authentic you. Ooh, excellent. <laughs> yeah. And they're yours and that your decisions are not affecting the way you view other people. Right. And I think the issue with hookup culture is that people feel pressured to hook up yes. when they don't want to and yeah. like have been in that place before. So totally. like I'm also super sex positive and want people to have as much sex as they want to have. But also, like, there are times where I was like, didn't really want or need to do that. And nope, like, sure didn't. didn't make me a better person. <laughs> Whatever I said. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. The last thing I'll say about this, like, on our little rant tangent before yeah. we go back to you, Anonymous, is like, again, with our sex positivity. Um, With the hookup culture, if you want your metaphorical freak flag to fly, it it has to include everybody in that, like, sprinkle sparkly rainbow of, like, freakiness, which means um, that your most promiscuous promiscuous friend might stop having sex tomorrow and be abstinent for a year. And you have to 100% support that and not assume that they are not the authentic person that they're bringing to you. Yeah, right? absolutely. Um, okay, so Anonymous. Sorry, that was a really weird tangential. <laughs> lots of yelling. Sierra said a lot of wrong words. <laughs> now we want to talk to you. <laughs> and I want to give you some advice. You said, like, how do I move forward with this um, without being judged? Mm-hmm. You know, how do I navigate hookup culture without feeling ashamed? Yep. Um, and... I think if I had some advice for you in terms of like combating or navigating it with your friends, um, like not sure what your dynamic is with your friends or what personality type you have and if you feel comfortable with this, but I would really encourage you to be super confident in yourself like you are in this letter Mm -hmm. because your assuredness, your confidence will be teaching them. Mm -hmm. And um, so I would encourage you to like, Gently or even not so gently, like push back yeah. on on their on their opinions. Like when they I can't believe they said that about the kiss or your feelings. Like yeah. I, I just don't think I it would ever be to my friend say to my friends like oh, twenty year old Sam would have, have for sure done <laughs> <Yeah>. that. Yes. <laughs> I was wondering why you were rolling your eyes like thirty times and I realized you had a revelation about your twenty year old self. Oh, I would have been so judgy. Right, 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 right. So, like, I get it. I get, like, I have been in that space of, like, constant judgment around you. Because that's, like, what what navigating college with people whose brains aren't fully developed yet. (laughs) We're just insulting college students. You're like, I'm like, one, don't go there to be social. And you're like, two, your brains aren't developed. (laughs) Okay, well, we're really um, nice people. We really are. Hopefully. And I love college Now we are (laughs) in in our 20s. (laughs) Right? No, I just think about like the way way that I saw the world in my 20s. I remember the faces you would make when you were judging me. Oh, for sure. (laughs) Absolutely. Remember when I didn't like you? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Because you thought I was a dumb, pretty girl who was probably also promiscuous. (laughs) Anyway, I have, okay, listen, 
Did you just make an arm <laughs> motion to be like, you are a dumb pretty girl? <laughs> this... This episode might not prove this wrong. Anyway, let's stay focused. Oh, my God. We're so tangential today. Anonymous. Um, I'm going to tell you a funny, terrible, tangential story now. <laughs> that four-star reviewer on iTunes is like, see, this is what I, I was know, talking about. Know, they ramble know, all the time. <laughs> um, okay. So, Anonymous. When I thought about my advice to you about being confident with your identity and being confident with your friends, I thought about like a very funny, quick sharp learning experience I had mm-hmm. with my friends, a, a friend of mine um, re- regarding a sex toy. Mm-hmm. Um, a guy friend and I were like out for drinks once and he admitted to me in like casual, funny, fun conversation because he was in a long distance relationship at the time uh-huh. that he had a fleshlight, yep. which is like a male sex toy. And I remember being like, ha, laughing my ass off. Being like, oh, my God, I can't believe you have a flashlight. That's so funny. Uh-huh. And he just turned to me and said, you have a vibrator, don't you? I don't see how it's any different. You have a toy and I do. And I kind of was like, uh, uh, <laughs> I, I, you're, yeah, all right, touche. Um, and that was it. Like, we moved on. We probably talked about something just as dumb next. Right. But um, I thought of that instantly when I was when you asked for our advice, because like I learned in that moment, I like opened my heart a little bit in that conversation about a flashlight that I remembered that everybody's identity is just as valid as mine and that their authentic their authentic desires are their authentic desires. And that I was also being super sexist to not allow my male friend his sexual pleasure in whatever way. Yada, yada, yada. Um. This is all to say, and I'm anonymous, that it took one comment. Mm. It took one little pushback. It wasn't a confrontation. It wasn't mean. I didn't hurt his feelings. He just, like, called me on my own bullshit. Yep. And it sounds like your friends have some bullshit they need to be called on. Absolutely. And that there's an opportunity here for you to do that. But also, if there are times where you're like, I don't want to have to do this anymore. Right. Then don't do it. Yeah. That's And you can say, you guys are being ignorant. Just kidding. <laughs> Um, People love to be told they're being ignorant. Definitely (laughs) nurturing. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Uh, But like, you know, when you feel like you are able to do the pushback and the call in, then do it. But if you are at a point where you're like, fuck them, like this is too much, then like take care of yourself. Because like being around people who are judging you all the time is exhausting. Exhausting. And like you don't need to That's social media, literally. Seriously. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but your feelings are 100% valid. Absolutely. Um, your sexual identity and the choices that you make over your sexual sovereignty and your body are 100% yours. Yep. And um, Sam and I believe in you. Sam and I believe you are making the absolutely 100% best choice for yourself. Absolutely. And guess what? If you change your mind in a year, that's okay, too. If you never change your mind and you save yourself until marriage and then you... Um, decide to have sex one day with your future spouse or yep. yada yada. Whatever your path is will be the right path because it's yours. Yep. And you'll learn from every step of the way. Absolutely. And I think it's amazing that you are not letting the pressures of hookup culture change your beliefs and change you and and make you do something that you don't want to do. Like right. the fact that you are operating in such a, a an environment that is so different than what you are trying to bring for yourself and you are doing it well and you are holding to your beliefs, I think is fantastic. Right. And so we don't think that you're brainwashed by your religion. We don't think that you're a secret conservative. Like we are proud of you for the fact that you 
are making this decision, that you are sticking to it, and that you're standing up for yourself when people are calling you out on it. So you're doing awesome. Absolutely. We love you so much, Anonymous. Thank you. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right. Our next letter comes to us from Alberto, who is writing to us from Honduras. Oh, wow. I know. Hi, I'm 26 and I identify as a gay man. I was brought up in a really religious environment. So even if I knew I knew from a young age that I was, quote, different, I did not come to terms with it until about three or four years ago. In 2016, I had the joy to win a scholarship to study my master's degree abroad in the UK. Long story short, I met a man during my year abroad. We began to date, and after a couple months, we decided that we were going to be exclusive. As the months passed, there came a time when I knew I had fallen in love with him, and I had fallen in love for the first time, and it was such a beautiful feeling. Oh. After our master's was up, I had to come back to Honduras, and after many long talks, we decided that our relationship was worth trying to do the whole long-distance, different time zone things. The plan was that I was going to get a PhD in Europe as soon as possible so we could be together again ASAP. After three months apart, he came to visit me for two weeks, and I had the opportunity to show him around and just be together after what felt like the longest time apart, and it was amazing. Mm. Even if the distance was not exactly ideal, we were handling it pretty well. We had talks about living together, and we're even thinking of names of the dog we were going to have. Two months ago, we were talking about how much it was not going to be easy for me to get a PhD right away as we um, right away as we thought. And I told him that I saw him for the long run, like the rest of our lives long run. We had been dating for about a year and a half at the time. And it was at this moment that he was taken aback. He told me he did not believe in the idea of spending the rest of his life with just one person. He said we were young and that there was more out there. In the end, after one of the most excruciating two weeks I've ever lived— I broke up with him because we had a different idea of our future. And for me, that was a non-negotiable thing. Hmm. It has been two months and I feel extremely sad about it. And the thing is, I don't hate the guy. He was honest with me about what he wanted, an open relationship, essentially. And I had I have always asked him just to be honest with us, with me. I hate that we are not together. I absolutely hate it. But I know it was the right call, which somehow makes it worse sometimes. He was mm. my first love. I found love where I'd always been told it was not supposed to be. And it was fucking beautiful. I still love him so much. And since our breakup was relatively civil, we've kept in touch. Two weeks ago, I told him that I did not want to disappear from his life, but that we needed a bit of space. We were still talking every day, basically, because I still loved him. And if we continued like that, I would always love him romantically. He wanted everything to stay the same with the exception that we were not boyfriends. And I told him that I could not do that. We have not talked in about two weeks now Mm. and I hate it. I want to tell him what's going on in my life. But if I do, then I will feel like I'm going down the rabbit hole again. Sometimes I feel like I just can't be sad because I was the one who broke up with him. Mm. I'm confused as what, what is next. I'm afraid that I was willing to put up my professional career at risk for him just to be with him. And then, I think that I am in love and I should not feel bad about it at all. Mm. The kindest regards, Alberto. I love that letter so much. I know you do. (laughs) Alberto, Sam loves you so much. I do too. (laughs) 
we both feel like this is a really special letter and we wanted to send our sweet regards to you. First off, we're really, really, really sorry that your breakup happened. That's absolutely breakups always suck. First breakups, first true loves. Oh, oh my yeah. god. Yep. Crushing. Devastating. Literally. Because you it's the first time you've ever experienced it, right? So you think it you don't think it'll ever change. Like it will always hurt this much because f- you've never like progressed ex- past that. Oh my god, you're so right that you don't know what it's like on the other side of a breakup, not just yep. the relationship. Yep. Uh, so the pain seems endless yep. because you don't know what it feels like to get out of it. Yep. And also it's the first time that you've imagined a future with somebody. No, and then it all gets torn apart. Yeah. Um, Alberto, we want to say first off, um, it's okay to be sad even if you were the one to break up. Absolutely. It's okay to be sad even if you were the one to end it. You have a right. All decisions can be painful. Absolutely. Even if they're the right ones. And just to give you a shout out, I mean, you did everything absolutely right in that situation, oh right? God, you're like, so right. You had, you had, uh, you had a deal breaker. You didn't want an open relationship, and um, and that he wasn't able to do that, and you broke up because that was a deal breaker for you. Like you, you did stayed absolutely true right. to you. Absolutely. So many people abandon themselves for other people. Absolutely. So you should be so proud of yourself that you know yourself. Well enough to not abuse yourself. Yep. And you didn't run away from the painful decision. Oh, my God. Right? Like, And that is something that is really hard for all of us to do. Absolutely. Sometimes we just don't want to experience the big pain. And so we we live with the smaller, drawn-out pain. And you made the right decision to say, I don't want that. I want what I have dreamed of. I want what I have said to you that I want. Right. And, I, and if you can't give that, then I can't be with you. Right. And you did it. When you broke up and you did it when you said you couldn't talk anymore, like you are clearly like in tune with yourself and your feelings and what you need. And the fact that you are um, standing up for those things, I think, is really admirable and amazing. I um, once when I was seeing a therapist, there was a um, a piece of paper like framed in her office and it says, listen to your emotions. Hmm. And then it had like a translation. It was like. Anger is telling you blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Fear is telling you blah, blah, blah. And I don't remember them all verbatim, but I was most moved by the idea that your emotions are trying to tell you something because whatever you're dealing with was important to you. Mm. Your sadness is there, not because you made a mistake, but because you cared a lot. Yep. Because you invested a lot, you yep. were present. And now to take yourself away from that presentness mm-hmm. is hurting because yeah. it mattered to you, Alberto. Like that, yeah. that's the most beautiful, heartbreaking thing that I hope you give yourself credit for that this hurts because it mattered. Absolutely. And it's okay that you left him. Mm-hmm. It's okay. You can forgive yourself for giving up on somebody that you loved mm-hmm. because you didn't give up on him. You just drew a line. Yep. Well, it was, you didn't give up on him. He was different than you thought that he was. True. And I think that, um, like that that person that you had in your head and the way that he was presenting himself, frankly, right. um, is different than the person that he actually was. And when you saw that that wasn't him, right. you made the right decision. Doesn't mean that it hurts less. In fact, it probably hurts more. <laughs> totally. 100%. <laughs> but um, but know that you, you did the right thing. Yeah, absolutely. And I think... And what I think what I love so much about your letter is the way that you talk about your relationship with him. Like, 
oh my god, it just like brings me back to like what it feels like to be in those early stages of love when you are experiencing things together for the first time and meeting each other's family and like building like what is the name of our dog going to be yeah. like um and like you you clearly were so present and you were clearly hold this so dearly in your heart and i think now comes the point where you can remember all of those good times and know and be thankful that they happened to you right and that is where i think the head and heart work starts to come in to start moving past this feeling of abject sadness into something like how do you start to build yourself out of that right and i think you're doing an amazing job of holding that great stuff in your heart um so so keep remembering that while also um you know knowing that it is not something that you can have again right and i think about i, I love that you brought up the dog's name that's mm -hmm. such a tender like bit to share um and alberto i want to say um you still deserve that dog and yep. you still deserve that PhD and the life that you are imagining with this person, you still deserve yep. and can still build by yourself yep. to hopefully nurture another person in the future. Absolutely. And that is such a good point because I think we sometimes build up relationships in our head and then, right. and then when the other person is there, isn't there, it's like, well then I, I don't deserve to make dinner for myself, I which we talked about. <laughs> What made me say that, Sam, is is a couple of episodes ago, Sam talked about how he used to always make dinner for his exes, or for his partners. And then when his partner wasn't home, he would just eat cheese and crackers. Yep. And then when he was single, he realized, like, he deserved these home-cooked meals. He yep. deserved this nurturing that he was giving to this other person. Right. And Alberto, this world, this this future that you were imagining, you still deserve it. It's still yours, sweetheart. Absolutely. Yep. So get that dog. Also, not all breakups make us feel better. Mm. Like we think of breakups as a solution to a problem we can no longer solve, right? Mm. Um, that our sacred contract with our partners, we've reached a like a T and we're going to go one way or the other and we just can't fix it. So we think of it as a solution and yep. solutions we equate to feel like a, as like a good thing, right? Yep. But breakups, even if you make that decision, even if you say this is what I've cho chosen, they they don't make us feel better at times, even yep. when they're the right thing for you. Absolutely. So this is all to say, Alberto, that you made the right decision mm -hmm. and it feels awful. And we're with you, girl. Like, yep. we know that this hurts. Yep. Um, But you made the right choice and we're really, really, really proud of you. You did. And you are you are worthy of uh, a life on your own and you are worthy of a life with a partner. Um, And I think... Sierra and I are both confident that you're going to find it at some point. We love you. We love you. This next letter comes from Ashamed Alice, who is writing from Louisiana. Alice writes, Hello, hello. I've discovered your podcast about a week ago, and I immediately binged every episode and have been telling all my friends to listen. Thank you so Thank you. friggin' much. Tell your friends. I love both of your laughs, and I can tell what dear friends you are by the way that you talk to each other. Aww. You also give the best advice and make me feel so empowered when I'm done listening which is why my actions in the past couple of days are embarrassing, to say the least. Also, sorry to the two English majors that have to read my poor grammar. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I apparently cannot speak English. <laughs> yeah, right. We're, we're proven that we don't necessarily deserve the English major title. So, I recently went through a bad breakup and realized that it was toxic by starting to attend Codependence Anonymous. I realized I have tendencies to need validation from other people, and that's how I get my self-worth, so I will stay in toxic relationships just to try to get them to love me. 
So I'm officially in recovery because I want to become a better person and made a vow to not get into any kind of romantic relationship and try to be alone while I work through my recovery. Cut to a lonely Friday night where I have read so many self-help books, put on a face mask, and snuggled with my dogs that I thought, why not throw on Tinder and talk to someone? Never a good idea. (laughs) (laughs) The antithesis of (laughs) self-help. Yes, seriously. Uh, I matched right away. And he messaged right away. He looked cute, easy to talk to, responded right away, and invited me over to watch a movie. Seriously, within two hours of being on the app, I had somehow been convinced to go to someone's house. So I go. And he's the cute boy from the pictures, and there's a crazy chemistry between us right away. We kiss. We share deep secrets. We stare into each other's eyes. We have sex. We have one of the best nights I've ever had. I'm over the moon for this guy. This is what I do. I have sex, and I attach. The next morning, he messages me, and we're continuing to text furiously, and he apparently went and looked at my Tinder profile again, where I had put up random weird facts about myself, and under my dislikes, I said, no overly Jesus people. My issue with religion is my issue. I feel like I should be upfront and let someone know right away that it's private to me, and I don't want a super religious person in my life. This guy apparently didn't read that when he swiped and then began to tell me that it was wrong of me to alienate an entire group of people. He started to text me furiously, in all caps telling me I was insulting his mom and mama. When I began to stop text or when I began to stop replying, he typed, "Fine, fuck you bitch, watch out, you're getting you're going to get diabetes one day, fatty." Oh Jesus. <laughs> I was beyond horrified, mortified, all the fights. I did a little block 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 block, called some friends and cried and went about my day. Later on that night, he messaged me from another number telling me that Creepy. he was wrong and that he thought I was beautiful. From an absolute minute, I contempl- For an absolute minute, I contemplated forgiving him. So, I don't have a question. I have a request. Please scold me. Yell at me. I know I can't be the only person making this horrible mistake. Meeting someone dangerously, going to their home, having sex with them right away. I put myself in a situation that could have been really threatening. I'm lucky only my heart got bruised. So I'd love some Sam and Sierra advice. Straight up, you don't have to be kind. Love to you both. Thanks for what you're doing. Oh, sweetie. We're going to be kind to you. Yeah, Sorry. we're not going to scold you. <laughs> Listen, I secretly wish more people would ask us to scold them. <laughs> like, Give us that permission. But we're not going to scold you. No, we're not. I'm sorry. We're not going to feed your little internalized shame machine. No, we're not. Because guess what? Uh, You are 100% human. Yep. And as Sam's favorite author, Brene Brown, says. (laughs) Who's that? (laughs) Never heard of her. You love her. (laughs) Um, Brene Brown says that we are all hardwired for failure. Yep. And that um, that is okay. That if if we start to internalize at a younger age and in more of a holistic, loving, nurturing way that we're going to make decisions that we don't necessarily love a year later, the next month or the next morning, then we will become less self-loathing, self-shaming, policing beings, right? And we'll we'll be more open and forgiving to ourselves. Yep. And Sam and I are going to do that to you right now. Absolutely. So, um, one, you might think that uh, what you did is awful, but we're here to tell you it's not. It's really not. It's really not. Um, you might have put yourself in a slightly, you know, more r- risky situation, like going mm-hmm. to a stranger's house. Um, like there there are statistics behind there <laughs> somewhere <laughs> in my brain. Yep. Um, but uh, I think that exercising your autonomous um, 
right to be a sexual being um, and to make choices as an adult is an okay thing to do. Absolutely. You did an okay thing, Elise. Yep. It might not be your favorite thing, but you did it and that's okay. Absolutely. And Sam, have you had have you have you gone to a stranger's house to have sex? Have I? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, Do you regret yes. it? Here's the thing. Grinder, which is the gay version of Tinder, right. um, is a real thing that I spent some time on. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah went over to people's houses at all hours Why of the night. Why do all those apps sound like appliances? Except for Bumble. <laughs> Bumble, sponsor us. Bumble, please sponsor us. Thank you. Okay. Um, <laughs> Elise. Is that how you say it? Yeah, Elise. Alice? Elise? Oh. I, I was saying Alice? I was saying Elise. Okay, great. We'll just stick to our guns. Okay. Out the bat. <laughs> um, Elise, um, the biggest thing I read from this letter is that you, while you are really self-reflective and you're really working on yourself and you're yep. really trying to strengthen that internal voice, that internal compass, that self, that well of self-love, yep. you also have to constantly combat a lot of shame that you're feeling. Absolutely. You invited us to scold you. Right, exactly. <laughs> and we love you for that, um, but we're going to do the opposite. And I'm going to tell you that um, shame is a prison that we put ourselves in. And that prison is used to oppress us and to yep. make us not love ourselves. Absolutely. And because we can feel ashamed about everything we do. We can feel ashamed about the way we look, what we feel, what we wear, yep. the amount of money in our bank account, the food we eat. Shame is everywhere. And if we are in, if shame is a prison, those bars will disappear the moment you forgive and accept yourself. Mm-hmm. And so out the bat, before we give you any advice, like on your life or your choices we just want to say accept the decisions you made yep forgive yourself yep appreciate yourself like dang girl like go ahead like put yourself out there for love like right? way to go yep and then move on because it's in the past and you are whole and forgiven and good right now absolutely and i think the thing the awful thing about shame is that shame is an external thing that we invite into our bodies yes and like that is what is so hard about it. I think that shame is a natural human emotion is because shame it teaches us. a metaphor us... for a grinder then? Because it's an external <laughs> thing that you invite into your body. I'm sorry. I had to make that joke. Maybe. Yeah. Um, I think that shame is like a human emotion because it teaches us compassion for other people. Like we feel shame when we have hurt people. Like, oh. and that is how we learn to like not be awful people. Hmm. But the problem is, is that we have taken that and now we have shame for like, Little shame factories. Just we're just like shame factories. Like we're not doing it anymore because we've hurt people. We are doing it because society has told us that we're bad. To hurt ourselves. Right. Exactly. Um, And so it's not organic. No, it's not. And so this. So we need to spend time like pulling that shame, that feeling of shame, out of our bodies and putting it back. Yes. Where. It doesn't touch us and it's not in us anymore. Totally. Totally. Because people are going to want to come at you with shame all the time. Like that is what. People love to do, but like, don't let that into you, Um, which is easier said than done. But, but it is, it's not, shame is not a helpful thing for you in this moment. And I, I, something that helped me, like when I, I was like grappling with my sexual history and like, Mm -hmm. if I felt comfortable with it at one point in my life. And I had this revelation, like in like a women's studies class or something. Of course you did. Yeah. (laughs) It was that I was gay. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) I had this revelation um, 
that like my sexual history and the choices that I had made romantically, like also at least speaking to your codependency or your yep. the your toxic relationship in your past, I was grappling with all of the romantic sexual choices I had made in my life. Yep. And I realized that I could free myself by recognizing that none of those were still on me. Mm-hmm. Like they were not a part of me, mm-hmm. right? Like the people I slept with, not a part of me. The yep. choices I made yesterday, not a part of me. Yep. Obviously, we are shaped by our experiences. And I have learned from my own codependency and my yep. own toxic relationships how I want to move forward. Yep. But I have freed myself of so much shame by recognizing like... I am a free woman. Like I, this is not yep. of me, right? Yep. That that is something that I did. That's something I prescribed to. That's somebody I loved, but Absolutely. that no longer defines me. And that's true of the decision you made last night. Right. And I will say, so I'm going to say everyone makes mistakes, but I'm not even convinced that what you did was a mistake. And we're going to talk about safety <laughs> for like five seconds, just for like um, yep. le- legal purposes. <laughs> <laughs> it's a shitty world out there. There are shitty people. I literally entertain myself by listening to true crime. Oh, me too. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I have I have always thought that um, people in the digital age, in the hookup culture world, um, have to at least um, make sure that they are equipping themselves with um, s- safe choices, s- smart exit strategies, yep. and support. Telling yep. your friends where you're going erasing the shame and telling your friends actually where you're going (laughs) instead of like lying you know yep um so you might the i don't know i feel torn because like like you said like i i'm not convinced this is a mistake yep um this was a choice you made and it might not have been your best most graceful choice but i don't care I, i i don't think that you're a bad person because of it i don't think you need scolding because of it right and i think what I was going to say is that, um, like, you may be viewing this as a mistake, but first of all, all of us make mistakes. Yep. Learn that in Sesame Street. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but second, um, you know, I think that, again, like, struggling with, with this thing that I also have, which is that, like, anything less than perfection is a failure. Right. But looking at the story that you told us, right, like, you had what might be considered, like, a relapse in your codependent behaviors but you recognize them in yourself you you're like i almost forgave him guess what you didn't forgive him so right. like you and, did the right thing right and and you you gave yourself a chance on love like i keep Absolutely. going back to that like i i do think that like people need to make sure that they're be- putting themselves in safe situations but also this it, it sounded great until the fucking douchey ass text messages. Yeah, right. Exactly. You know, like it sounded like a great human interaction. And then the moment that he turned out to be a shit face you who black, I black, black. hate, you right. said no. So it's clear that that you are making progress on your goals around codependency. And like the also, fact who that you goes on Tinder and doesn't read the bios. Is that a thing? I don't I'm Tinder was not a thing. And you're married. Okay. <laughs> Somebody let me know out there in the ether. Um, Read the bio, people. I mean, I feel like people who are just trying to like hook up with people might just be looking at pictures. Yeah, but then who would have the audacity to be like, oh, my God, just read your bio 24 hours later. I like that that's what you're offended by and not the fact that he said that she's going to get diabetes because she's a fatty. No, totally offended by it all. But literally just literally when people are arguing with like assholes on Twitter and they say, go read a book. Like, that's what I want to say to him right now. Like, read the fucking bio true and keep your ignorant health fat shaming fucking 
Absolutely. Bullshit and by the yourself. way, I don't think that Jesus would be calling people fat and telling them they're going to get diabetes. So, You're like, right. maybe be a little more Christ like, buddy. Yeah. Okay. Off on him. Good one. <laughs> but what I'm so, what I'm so, trying to say is that you are making progress on your goals, even though you are going to have little hiccups because in life, everything that we are trying to do, we are going to make mistakes at. Yes. And so don't take this as a, as a, a failure, take this as a moment of growth for you. The only thing I'm going to scold you on is, girl, just laugh this shit off. This guy's, <laughs> you had hopefully great sex, right? You had good conversation. You put yeah. yourself out there. And then he turned out to be a bigoted, uninformed, illiterate asshole. Yeah. Uh, I actually hate using illiterate as an yeah, insult. I know. I, okay, yeah, I take okay. that back. Take learning, growing accountability here. <laughs> but he, he learned, to, he turned out to be like a... Douchebag. Yeah. <laughs> Not offended by that, right? No. Okay. Um, uh, and you you made a choice to block, block, block him, and then he contacted you from another number. Okay, bro. It's weird. That's totally creepy. weird. A thousand red flags. Yeah. And so I'm only thing I'm going to scold you for, Elise, is just, like, we're going to make a hundred messy, like, ill-informed, ungraceful decisions in our life. It's never, like... Talking about recovery, talking about healing, it's never linear. Yep. It's never a straight path. Yep. And we're we're gonna ebb and flow and give and take and grow and then relapse and f- learn and fuck up again a hundred yep. times. Yep. And the tr- part of the true growth is accepting that. Yeah. Part of the true growth is saying I am an imperfect person, and because of that I am perfect. Absolutely. Yep. So laugh that shit off, girl. Come on. We can do it. Yeah. Like, we're cheersing our mimosas with you. We're saying, like, hey, good job making, like, an autonomous sexual choice for yourself and your heart. And good job for getting the fuck away from this fucking creeper. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Also, I hope that you texted your friend and told them where you were going that night. That's the one thing I'll say about safety is (laughs) you just got to leave a paper trail, people. (laughs) Right? Yes. No, okay. I'm with you. I'm with but you. But also, like, shame is a real thing that we just talked about for, like, 28,000 years. Absolutely. What a fun episode. Yeah. <laughs> Elise, we love you, and we don't think you should be ashamed of anything. No. We got your back. Yeah. Thanks for writing. All right, folks. That brings us to the end of the episode, which is now our blind date segment, where we like to set you up with something that we think is awesome. So our blind date for this episode is... It's an app called CoStar, which is um, basically an astrology app. Because oh my God, we all you're know such a Gemini. I'm, I'm really into astrology. Um, but what it's do you really love cool. about it? It's, uh, it's really cool. So you put like your birth date in and everything, the time you were born and where you were born. And it gives you, um, it's, it's really good to like, because it's not hard to read. Like it, everything is like very clearly spelled out. And it's not like, oh, Saturn is in this house. So like you are feeling this. Instead, it's just like, here are some of the things that you might be experiencing or thinking about because of like the way the stars are. Um, and here are some of the the ways that you might achieve growth in this space. Would you suggest it for people who are like, I, I like love being a Gemini and mm-hmm. I kind of like to learn about it, but I wouldn't say that I'm fully committed or convinced in astrology would, yep. you, would you suggest it to me yeah i would because it is not um i mean it is based in astrology but i think that the things that are in it are also just like helpful things it's to be more thinking like awareness about. right yep. i think you said that to me before that yep. it just brings like ideas and healthy thoughts to your 
the forefront of your mind. Absolutely. Cool. What's it called, Dan? It's called CoStar. Hmm. So download it and then like add me on it so we can see if we're compatible. Oh my God. <laughs> add Sam Blackwell. It's <laughs> probably what it is. I'm yeah. not very inventive with my screen names. <laughs> Well, thank you for listening. You can like us on Facebook and you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Just Break Up Pod. You can slide into our DMs, send us your favorite relationship meme, or most importantly, you can ask us all questions about matters of the heart at JustBreakUpPod.com, which is where you can also find our merchandise. Great. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a five-star rating and review. This helps us keep the lights on and helps us reach more brokenhearted souls who need two random strangers giving them relationship advice. Please subscribe. Please like us. Please give us reviews. Please keep shouting us out to your friends. We love seeing those. Absolutely. Yeah. Original music recording and editing by our friend Big Cats. Make sure to check out his awesome podcast, The What If Podcast. And remember, you are not put on this earth to be ashamed of yourself. You are not put on this earth to make yourself small or lessen yourself around other people who think you are too big or too loud or too messy. You are literally here to make mistakes and to learn from them. Nobody's perfect. Nobody has a clean and clear path. Everyone you know has wondered what the fuck they were doing at some point in their lives. You have every right in the world to make mistakes, and you have every chance every day to learn from them. And if all else fails, just break up. Just break up.